Beacon Drive-In Studios in Spartanburg, South Carolina. Gentlemen, start your engine. Fox Sports 1498.3 FM presents Start Your Engines. Here's your race team for today. Show producer, Ronnie Black. Track reporter and racing insider, Nelson Crozier. Former NASCAR team manager and author, Greg Moore. Now, here's your host for Start Your Engines. Racing historian and author, Perry Allen Wood. Good morning and welcome to Start Your Engines on Fox Sports Spartanburg. Good morning, Ronnie. Good morning. Good morning, Gregory. Yes, it is pretty good morning, but it's just hot. I was going to say it's already kindly warm out there. It is kindly warm and it looks like it's going to be a pretty good weather this weekend. So all you fathers, get out there and uh, make them do something for you this weekend since it's Father's Day weekend and uh, um, cook out. Go to a race, go to a game, do something. It's going to be a beautiful weekend. I've already been invited out for an early supper tomorrow night. That sounds like a winner. That sounds well, an Italian place in Duncan. Paisano's. Oh, that's a good place. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I know it is. I've never been there, but I've heard of it. And I love Italian food. Well, I love Italian too. <laughs> <laughs> um, we have a special guest on our show today, as we always do, and we're very tickled to have uh, in our second segment one of Bud Moore's drivers. In fact, he's the last guy to ever win a race in a Bud Moore car, which is uh, Jeff Bodine. Jeff uh, from up in Shemung, New York, but living down here now and has for decades, I guess. And Greg, we appreciate you getting him on the show. Well, he really enjoys coming on, and uh, you know, he he he's going to talk even. He done a lot of open wheel stuff, so you know we're, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna talk a little bit about Sears Point with him, but also he he had a, a, some pretty good experiences in bobsleds and 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 running Indy cars around Michigan. He's a smart fella. Oh, he's real smart. He's real smart, and uh, he knew how to adjust on the car himself. Uh, usually, usually, daddy setup was. Was, was more than good for him you know but uh it comes road course did you find greg when you had somebody in in the seat for you like jeff bodine who, who is an engineer during the race could he describe more to the guys in the pit what he needs than a shade tree mechanic that's driving he was he had raced enough open wheel modified and worked on his own car that uh he could he could communicate good now one thing we did wind up doing won't touch base on we had to bring in a mediator <laughs> because uh first of all he, he, daddy was hard to understand on the radio but you could you could hear the cuss words and everything but <laughs> he had, he had to i wasn't I, I, speak I, Yankee. yeah i wasn't exactly that good either so you know we, we got a mediator in there and basically without doing any changes of a couple of changes bodine wanted to do which we'd have done anyway uh we got going good oh yeah well one of the things that affected bodine when he ran for you guys was the another example of the horrible timing in 1993 uh was when alan kowicki got killed in the plane crash up in uh bristol tennessee and looking back on it 
hindsight's twenty twenty, but you could see that, uh, and 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 you could see it at the time that Bodine set his sights on buying that team, and well, that didn't help the Bud Moore situation um, with Bud with uh, Bodine as your driver. Yeah, but the the situation was Jeff and me had talked uh, actually just about the same time he got the news, or really before he got the news from Junior, you know, that they was going to do something else. And he, he, he said he was looking, to, he'd been looking at forming his own team. And I told him, and basically this, this, this was the verbal agreement between me and him. I said, Jeff, I said, I ain't going to say we got the best car out there, you know, but we got a real good car. He said, oh, I know that. And I said, if you drive for us for a couple of years, you know, and you, you get opportunity to get a team. And sure enough, the opportunity arose. And uh, uh, Mr. and Mrs. Kuwiki, they loved to come to races, see him race. But once he was gone, they, they had no interest in, in, in having a shop or continuing on. And it was just a natural thing. And, uh, I mean, he would have been, I mean, it was such a good shop, and, and the price was right and everything else, and, and Jeff had the money to do it, and I, I don't, I, I, I wished him well. Yeah. I mean, and he, and come to find out, he was very, very competitive, you know, first couple of years with his car. Well, that was a time, though, when a lot of people were uh, trying to go on their own, like Jeff Bodine and Ricky Rudd and Darrell Waltrip, and uh, they uh they soon found buddy out buddy baker buddy baker a little before that but you know they, they all soon found out that running your own race team is not all it's cracked up to be well no uh like i say bobby allison learned it bobby two, allison two or three times uh and it's like daryl walter said you know daryl had some success and at different times but when the driver's driving the car he starts worrying about the car kind of like the car owner does because he is a car owner and I don't, I don't think it, in some cases, it might make them drive too aggressive. And in some cases, it, uh, they might be less aggressive because, you know, in racing, especially back in the mid-90s, you still had to watch the budget real, real close. They still do, just the numbers are different. Um, yeah, they're a lot higher. They're a lot higher. Well, that's the problem they got now they got to have about three or four sponsors because the price went down. Basically, what I was told, the last of the really big money deals was, or one of the last big money deals was Office Depot. You know, it was like a four-year deal, super good money with with, with uh, Tony Stewart or, and, mm-hmm. and uh, you know Stewart Haas. As it went time went on, but uh, you know when they got, uh, they still participate like with you know things on a driver's uniform and stuff like that but uh well speaking of tony haas and haas uh we can touch on what happened a little bit last week they brought their car into victory lane with a um boyer was the winning driver uh clint boyer and uh he was so excited when uh when he took the checkered flag although it was a rain shortened race you know somebody had to win it and they came up like 67 laps short of the of the full distance but uh you know he was so happy it was like can you believe we won another race you know, we won one tony we won one so uh he was very excited to uh to get in victory lane so between uh uh boyer and harvick and um and kurt bush you know they're having a pretty good year up there 
Oh man, yeah. And like I say, they it, it was you know, you had the guys that, that that you know, Harvick, the Bush brothers, Kyle and those guys, they still run. You know, you kinda got some of the same one run at the top, but I tell you who who's really impressed me up there and we've been talking about him. Of course I'm I got my own favorite team out there and uh talking about the Wood Brothers, but Paul Bernard was really carrying that car for a real good ride at Michigan. I mean, he thought when the rain come out, he was going to be second. But I think some of the other cars crossed the finish line on pit road. But they had to, they had to race back to the flag, Yeah, you know, anyway. And uh, uh, well, he, he wound, wound up fifth. Yeah, he wound up fifth in both races. So uh, I knew that he was your pick, by the way, for the – the tenth week this season, we weren't able to pick a winner between the four of us, so uh, that rolled over, and uh, with uh, Ronnie still leading three wins to two on our picks. But I'm, I'm but I'm losing my lead. It's down to one. It's down one. to one, but you know you're. you're uh, man, pair, man, you picked the winner yet? No, no, we haven't. Hey, Nelson, Nel, only Nelson. Nelson picked two winners, and, Ron. and Ronnie's picked three, and ten times the cat got it, as as they say. Well, like I say, I, I'm all. I got to think about the the road course deal, and uh, well, we do have our first road course. Of course, they're off this week. There's no racing this week in yeah. uh, in Cup and an uh, Xfinity. They will come back next week and run at Sonoma, where the Xfinity cars who ran last week and had um, Austin Dillon was the winner, and our own Jeremy Clemens had a pretty decent race. He finished fifteenth, which is. Uh, a little better than his normal finish of uh, you know around twentieth, but but Jeremy did real good, and we hope he's having a good Father's Day weekend and listening to us locally. He's eighteenth in points, so he's he's still within striking distance with a over a half a season to go. So we're looking for Jeremy to do uh, to do good things, and uh, they um, they go to Iowa next week. And uh, a very exciting race was last Saturday night, and I told you it would be was the. Uh, the Indy car race at Texas. Oh yeah. And they were, you know, they were cutting laps during mid race around 200, you know, between 210 and 250 miles an hour after qualifying around 220 miles an hour. And Scott Dixon driving for Chip Chip Ganassi, um, when the, it's a 600 kilometer race they had there and there were quite a few spectacular crashes nobody injured i don't think anybody even got scratched but there was a lot of parts flying around and you know under the under the uh under the lights once it gets dark it's uh, it makes even a more spectacular show and i know that uh um i always like to keep up with how aj Foyt's cars did and they finished last and next to last and uh one of them burned to the ground so um they uh super tech probably ain't real happy he's not real happy right now so um and i don't blame you but then things happen yeah they go to elkhart lake next week everybody's off this week even formula one's taking a couple of weeks off before they go to uh um the french grand prix oh speaking of grand prix speaking of grand prix uh the gentleman i was with uh yesterday uh lord mr sales i call him but I, I, i'm trying to think it's the first time i've known him for years but he actually got to meet on one of his deals back in the early 60s, early 50s, something, Juan Fangio mm-hmm. himself. 
And I said, you mean the one that drove for Auto Union and, and you know, had not, you know, not one of the most popular people at that time, Joseph Goebbels, actually. He said, yeah. He said, that way. You know, he's arguably him, him, Sterling Moss, and, and, and anyway, he, he's arguably maybe the best one that there ever was. Uh, it's kind of hard to compare, though. With, it is. Uh, the cars are. What's what's the other one that done so good? Senna. Yeah, Airtime Senna. But I mean, you 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 get to the point where you're you're comparing apples and oranges because those cars today. I mean, the steering wheel on a Grand Prix car today cost uh, probably more than the whole field did back in uh oh yeah. back in those days. I mean, the technology. But but yeah, I mean, good driving is good driving, and uh, you know, it took them from all the grand prix racing that they did uh between the wars between world war one and world war two uh it took them until 1950 after world war two until they got organized enough to uh to start formula one and actually the first year of formula one although their grand prix races going all the way back to the 04 you know it's 1904 um the first Formula One season wasn't until 1950, and Juan Fangio was the champion. Right. So uh, he even gave a, a, a whack at Indianapolis one time, but he didn't like it. He said it wasn't challenging enough, but it was, uh, uh, you know, four corners, and he liked turning right and left. So, uh, and like I say, you get we got and somebody will hope to have on the show here long. I'm just trying to get a hold of, you know, you had Jackie Stewart, uh, Graham. You had so many big names. Uh, he did, let's see, Phil Hill went over there and run those things. It, 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 it'd be a real argument, but as far as back in the day, he would have been the man. Like I say, he'd been fascinating to meet. Well, we'll see if we can get somebody like that on here. That's your, uh, that's your assignment for the week. But right now, we're going to take our first break and come back and talk with Jeff Bodine. You're listening to Fox Sports Spartanburg, 1400 AM and 98.3 FM. There's no points racing here. Greg, Perry, Ronnie, and Nelson are racing to win. You're listening to Start Your Engines on Fox Sports 1498.3 FM. Steve and Jerry here from the world-famous Beacon Drive-In in Spartanburg. Jerry, the Beacon opened back in 1946. How many years have we been serving great food at great prices? Hey, Plante! 70 years? How many folks are we still serving every week? Hey, Plante! Well, like you always say, I like my job, but I love my customers. But can you say something other than a hey, Plante? All it! Join Steve and Jerry at the world-famous Beacon Drive-In, John White Boulevard in Spartanburg, where the food is still always good since 1946. Speedy Lube in Inman says to save time is to lengthen life for you and your car. Let Speedy Lube, Asheville Highway in Inman, lengthen the life and performance of your vehicle. Speedy Lube offers professional ASE certified mechanical service for your car. Be it an oil change, AC work, tires, brakes, front end, or any type of major or minor repair. Trust Speedy Lube in Inman. Open weekdays from 8 till 6. For fast, fair, and friendly service, visit Speedy Lube, Asheville Highway in Inman. If you've ever wondered what something you own is worth, the Spartanburg Historical Association and Brunk Auctions can help you find out. Bring your items to the Spartanburg Regional History Museum Saturday, June 23rd, and Brunk Auctions will appraise them for just $10 a piece. Associate
Association members can do so from 10 to noon by appointment. The event is open to the general public from noon till 3. For more information, visit SpartanburgHistory.org. Brunk Auctions does not provide written value appraisals. Consultations are informal verbal auction estimates for personal knowledge. I'm Alex Smith. And I'm Mint. Join us Friday nights this fall for Victory Formation, brought to you by Arby's on Fox Sports 1400 and 98.3 FM. We will run down all the high school football scores and we'll be joined by guests who will break down the games that matter to you. So join us for Victory Formation, presented by Arby's, Friday nights after Viking football on Fox Sports 1400 and 98.3 FM. Let's be honest for a minute about the new way. Honestly, the Redneck Cheeseburger is amazing. The Redneck Nachos are also made with the new way's famous pimento cheese, and they're delicious too. And now you can get in and out of the new way for lunch in just 30 minutes. The new way, which has stood in the same location since 1938, proves you can teach an old place new tricks as our lunch service is now just plain fast. The new way, still going strong after nearly 80 years, 373 East Kennedy Street. Look for the PBR sign and the big red door. Come in for a delicious and quick lunch today. It's the call nobody wants to make. Your home or business has water or fire damage or mold. Let Service Master of the Upstate make that call a little easier. Service Master of the Upstate restores homes and businesses alike. If you've been hit with mold or fire or water damage, call today at 582-3451. Service Master of the Upstate also cleans carpets, rugs, and hard surface flooring. Make that call a little easier. Call Dyer and Amanda Jennings at Service Master of the Upstate, 582-3451. 582-3451. The Fox Sports 1400 app is the best way to keep up with Spartanburg Sports Scene. Download it now by searching Fox Sports 1400, either at the Apple Store or via Google Play. And welcome back to Start Your Engines on Fox Sports Spartanburg here. And we don't mention it often enough that we're at the Beacon Drive-In studios. studios here. Yeah, we've been we've been in the Beacon studio for quite years. a while. But I that's that's my fault. I don't mention it enough. We love Steve and all the folks out there at the Beacon. And uh, love I tell you too. what, I got this game leg of mine all of a sudden here when I went to have my knee replaced and it broke. I've... Uh, I usually go to the Beacon once or twice a week, but it's been uh, it's been a couple of weeks now since I've been out there, and uh, you know I'd have to be laid up with something in order not to be at the Beacon pretty frequently. So uh, we're uh, we're proud to have them uh, on the show as they've always been, best supporter of just about any cause in Spartanburg. Oh a- yeah, and we're uh, still trying to get Jeff Bodine on the phone here. Greg just talked to him a couple of times this week, and we're. Uh, Let's see, who was it? Harry Gant was out there milking the cow or something, and uh, yeah. so, somebody else was, was Jack Roush was tuning an airplane or something. We're always, uh, you know, we, we catch them on Saturday morning while they got some other yeah. stuff going on. So uh, Rex Rex White was at a show. So we'll get him here in a few minutes. And uh, in the meantime, Greg, you, uh, you had an interesting uh, uh, way that you hired jeff bodine he uh he he you knew he was leaving junior johnson before he knew he was leaving junior johnson if i if i remember that story correctly well that was that was the case and and that's the case with a lot of driver changes you know sometimes the driver uh you don't have things quite like that now i mean you know people hire drivers years in advance and write them the multi-year contracts but uh like i say uh 
Jeff drove, got a lot of his fame, you know, driving that five car, him and Earnhardt beating on each other. Right. And that really inspired the Days of Thunder movie. And uh, it's like I say, I've told Jeff time and time again. Uh, that was that Levi Garrett car. Yeah. And, and that thing really ran good. And, you know, Jeff was actually their first driver and the reason they got going. Mm-hmm. Because uh, Martinsville was going to be what Hendrick thought. Uh, thought that was going to be uh, a ride for a, a, a long time, and uh, but that he, um, but because he rubbed Earnhardt and all this stuff, you know, he kind of like became the, you know, the bad guy. But being the bad guy is a good thing. Well, speaking of the bad guy, we got him right here now, Jeff. Welcome to Start Your Engines on Fox Sports Spartanburg. Now wait a minute. Just wait a minute. Who's the bad guy here? I'm a good guy. No, we really know you're a good guy, and we're going to touch on, on, on that first. But I always thought you sort of relished that uh, that hat you wore, but uh, that's okay. We love you here. Well, no, you know, you, you just have to, whatever you do in life, you got to stand up for what you believe in, and, and uh, that's what I did on a racetrack. So if somebody bumped me, uh, I'd just bump them back. That's right. But uh, you know, if somebody wrecked me, I, I I didn't wreck them back. That wasn't my style. But shoot, if you get bumped, that rubber's racing, right? Just a little bump. It didn't hurt anything. But well, you got to the earn the respect. Are, if you don't earn the respect, they'll run all over you. Well, <laughs> they knew not to do yeah, that before he got here. I thought a, a, a certain guy ran over you anyway. But that was his style. Uh, but yeah, through those years. Uh, the penalty box, they, they made that for me. <laughs> when the late Dale Earnhardt Sr. Uh, would bump me out, bump him back, and they'd say, hey, come on in here. we got to talk to you. You must be mad. I said, yeah, I'm mad. He hit me. <laughs> well, he might have made a mistake, but we know you're mad, so you cool off. <laughs> well, it didn't take long. I figured that little program out, and uh, Charlotte and I, I said, well, Actually, Henry told me he was tired of Earnhardt wrecking his race car, so I had to do something about it. So I, I bumped Dale. That made him mad, and then he wrecked me. <laughs> <laughs> and they, they penalized him five laps that day, and then we had that meeting in Daytona where Bill French Jr. told us uh, we were messing with the way he was making his living, and he was going to tell us how to do it. Yeah. And he did. And Greg and was just... Uh, that picked no, I was going to say, okay. Greg was just telling us that that was like that was a, uh, made into one of the scenes in Days of Thunder. Oh yeah, yeah. That, that the movie Days of Thunder is about three drivers. Uh, the late Tim Richmond, he did all the Playboy stuff, girl stuff, and all that neat stuff. He 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 backed up at the Pocono one day and ended up winning a race, not going backwards, but he had to back up. But uh, the other part was. The tough guy in the movie was Dale Earnhardt Sr. And uh, you were the, the guy that battled him on a racetrack was, was me. That's right. I wanted to play boy stuff, but you know, <laughs> I was married back in those days. <laughs> oh, man. I didn't mess around. <laughs> anyway, Jeff, like I say, uh, what's interesting, we want to talk a lot of open-wheel stuff. You know, and uh, what, I mean, what's he done for Budmore Engineering and everything is just, it's hard to explain. And what's he done for Ford winning their first championship with those two Monday monies uh, for 
Ford's first manufacturer championship in, like, what was it, 25 years. But some of the things, the other things he's done, and I, I like to rectify it for people, uh, Jeff knew how to work on the race car himself. Now, and like I say, Bud knew how to set one up, but when it come, you know, to really fine-tuning stuff uh, for road courses, which we knew about it, but Jeff coming down there and had us, which people had been not been using them. They weren't legal, exactly, but they, they weren't illegal. It was in a gray area. And Jeff go down there and showed uh, the mechanics to put a little rear sway bar on it. Before, that's before we went to Sears Point. And uh, Jeff made some other suggestions. We had a 500 gear in it. And uh, anyway, the, re- the rest is history. I mean, Jeff just drove qualified third and drove off and left them. But, Perry, you... Uh, Ask him about some open wheel stuff. No, it's amazing. Well, I, I was what I wanted to ask him about. Uh, I was some things that you know we've had we've had you on several times, and we we don't want to always talk about the same things. And and what I found fascinating looking over your career last night, preparing for this was that well you were the 1987 IROC champion, and uh, that was looking at this. I mean, they ran four races that year, but you you won two of them, the first one at Daytona and the last one at Watkins Glen. But listen to the field of cars he was up against uh, that he beat. It was Al Unser Jr., Bobby Ray Hall, Wally Dallenbach Jr., Darrell Waltrip, Bill Elliott, Michael and Mario Andretti, Scott Pruitt, Dale Earnhardt, Al Unser Sr., and Derek Bell. I mean, that's there's not a bum in the bunch there, and uh, – I tell you what, that was, that was quite an achievement, Jeff. Well, uh, maybe I was the bum in the bunch, but uh, no, no, I'm really no, you were the bum. <laughs> you were the champion. I'm re- yeah, I know, and I'm really proud of that. I'm, uh, that's one of one of my real accomplishments in racing that I am proud of, very proud of. Because yeah, they're they're all great drivers, and uh, and back then uh, Ray Everham was was preparing the cars for IROC series. And he did such a re- excellent job making those cars as close as possible as he could, and they were really, really good cars. And uh, so, yeah, we were all kind of on equal terms. And to go out there and uh, win two races out of four against that that group uh, was pretty darn uh, satisfying to me. And uh, we won the championship. And uh, just one one thing in my career that I've been very blessed about to, to be able to get in that series and then uh, actually win it and and meet those guys and I mean a lot, he, he named a lot of guys that are my heroes in racing so uh, yeah that was really special. Well, and I think one you know, of the things that stands out was that um, you won on Daytona. Of course, that was the road course at Daytona. I guess did, did y'all. I would assume y'all ran the road course. He, he ran. He, no, he won no, in '86. Oh, you talk. You talking about the? I'm sorry. Y- y'all yeah, ran the oval was, for the IROC. Right. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. So that that makes my point even better. You ran. You won on the oval f- at, for IROC, and then you won at Watkins Glen in IROC. So I mean, that was uh, yeah. super speedway and road course. That's that covers it all. Well, at one point in my career, I was headed towards Indianapolis to race against those Dunsers and. Uh, Andretti's and AJ and you know the likes of them. I I really admire all those guys, and uh, so I was headed that way early in my career. I actually had a rear engine. We bought a rear engine car that raced Indy, the Gerhardt chassis. We converted it, 
put a roll cage on it, some bumpers for to race, so we could race short tracks at Oswego Speedway. Back then, there were no rules. You could run a rear-engine car. It had a, a small black Chevy in it, and uh, man, that was that was fun, uh, exciting. Unfortunately, you know, I'm the guy I built the engine, and they they ran good. But back in those days, uh, we didn't have aluminum heads, and I was I'd buy my heads from crane cams, steel heads, and the darn things kept cracking, leaking water, and so I didn't have a a good stint with that car, but it sure was fun. But uh, it gave me experience in those rear-engine cars, which I really loved. And I actually drove one at Michigan. Uh, Dick Simon let me drive one of his backup cars at Michigan one day, and uh, I mean it was it was fun. It, we went so good they said, "Hey, why, why do you run a race Sunday with us?" And, but I didn't. I didn't. Uh, I was married back then, and my my wife said if. if if you run something like that, we're going to get divorced. So, so uh, <laughs> well. I, I didn't run it, but uh, it was fun. So I've had the experience with it, and but that taught me a lot about uh, that rear engine car. Taught me a lot about uh, how to build cars, how important an aero was, aerodynamics. Uh, I even took a modified back in those days and and put uh, before that actually and put uh, independent rear suspension on it and. Of course, they outlawed that real quick. It was legal, but they outlawed it because it was awesome. It was fast, <laughs> and uh, yeah, I've, I've, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, of course, I'm proud of the races I've won and all that. But I'm really proud of the uh, innovations that through the years I had come up with and and applied, and some are still being used, like the rear anti roll bar. Uh, they can still use it, and sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. Uh, power steering, of course, the modern day seats that wrap around your shoulders, uh, and, and the full face helmets, things like that are things that are going to be around for a long time. So I'm really proud of that. And, there, and some are for safety. And, uh, I've just been blessed. You know, the Lord gave me some talent. Uh, I went to college to learn about how to build things better and, and, uh, that helped too. But, you know, for some reason, I just, uh, God gave me some talent to design things and make things better. And now I'm working on boats down here in Florida. <laughs> Holy cow. Yeah. Go figure. Well, now, yeah, we, go we figure. have talked to you before about your involvement with the uh, bobsleds. But recently, uh, Chip Ganassi, uh, Dr. Is it Sickley, and Alan. And, and Bill Simpson have been working on football helmets. Have you thought about that yeah. any? No, no. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm leaving, I'm leaving that all up to the people <laughs> who know about helmets and have the, the expertise in that field and have the testing equipment. And, you know, the seats have become so much better in NASCAR with the padding, the headrest. I had a headrest way back in the modified days. And uh, when I came south to race late miles in the cup, nobody had them. And so I I didn't have a headrest like they are today, but I had one because I saw some advantages to it. <clears throat> but, yeah, NASCAR racing is a lot. Uh, uh, they've come a long way with the safety of, of NASCAR and seats, headrests. Uh, the helmets are great. You know, you don't see the head injuries that we used to see uh 
in, in NASCAR and racing, thank goodness. And, and all that, that all that uh, technology, all that improvement is filtered down through the ranks into the late models, modifieds, K&N, you name it, everybody, sprint cars, uh, dirt, asphalt, it doesn't matter. Everyone's uh, caught up with the safety in, that, in racing. Yeah. Jeff, when you wrecked that truck that year at Daytona, the seat is all that was left, so it must have been a good one. <laughs> well, it was one that uh, when I bought the late Alan Quickie steam, the first thing I did with Paul Andrews, the crew chief, I said, Paul, we're going to build a seat because uh, I brought the seat down that wraps around your ribs. And that was a lot better than what they were using, just a seat out of a bus with a little side on it. But it's still, if you hit the wall hard, it would hurt you. So I said, you know, I said, you know, football players don't run in each other with their ribs. They use their shoulders. So let's build a seat that goes around my shoulders. And so we did. And that was the start of that seat. And, uh, uh, yeah, when I had a wreck, it was my seat in there. I, I eventually went to Randy LaJoy's seat because he he marketed it and he was he does a great job they're wonderful seats very safe but uh i always put my own seats in made sure they were bolted in properly the seat belts i always made them made sure they were uh in there properly uh the shoulder belts and all of that and we didn't have the hans device back then no <clears throat> but fortunately you know fortunately i didn't hit anything solid that day i hit the fence and wall and tumbled and tumbled and tumbled and but nothing straight on or anything like that that can really hurt you. So, uh, but the seat, yeah, it was still there. It was still bowling in. It was bent a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Actually, the bottom got bent up and tight. My still seat belts up, so it really <laughs> helped me by the bottom getting bent up. Well, anyway, Jeff, that, that that was a bad day that day. But going back and looking at your record, and uh, like I say, you. You even had the misfortune of fooling with me and Bud a couple of years, and we still had a lot of success. But if you go back and look at your record, with all the things you've done, the wins you've had, and everything, we were talking to Tom Jensen here here close to first year, and we also talked to Bud McKim. I think it was one of the earlier shows here on on Search Engines, or it was then a last year. And I've contended time and time again. Uh, I know you're in, in Hall of Fame, but you definitely need uh, done been in the NASCAR Hall of Fame. I mean, you know, uh, I mean, well, it, it, I, it's, it's a natural. I, I appreciate I appreciate it, Greg. But, you know, that isn't necessary for me. Uh, um, you know, I'm, uh, I'm just blessed to have been able to do what I've done in this sport. You know, I grew up in it. My parents built a racetrack when I was a year old, and my father built me a little racer when I was five, had uncles that raced, so I learned a lot from them, but God gave me the talent, the opportunities, uh, led me to the right people at the right time, even even you and Mr. Bud Moore, you know, we all miss Bud now, but uh, so I've been blessed, and you know, I, I really don't deserve it. Uh, God, if you want to give anyone a, a reward, give it to God because he's the one that's responsible for my career and and uh, and my talents. I just was uh, I just one of the guys that he put that into, and I'm very thankful for that. Well, I know the good Lord upstairs that has a lot to do with it, but uh, if you go over your records and the whole thing, it would really been it'd be a help to the Hall of Fame if you was up there. I mean. It, I know you don't care that much about it, but it, the Hall of Fame 
it would draw more people if Jeff Bodine was in it. Well, I appreciate that, Greg. I really do. Jeff, we really appreciate you taking time out to come on our show this morning. You do it every year, and we, we love having you on and try to touch on a couple of different things every year. And your, your career is so varied, and there's so much to talk about. I say we got several more years. We don't have to cover the same ground <laughs> twice. And uh, we really, yeah. really appreciate you coming on this morning. Well, I know. It's always my pleasure pleasure uh with you you guys and greg of course and uh history we have together is great uh serious points coming up but next week right yes sir and that'll be one i'll be watching because i got got good memories from that track and uh you know good memories we all need to hang out of them we all have some that we don't want to remember but the good ones outweigh the bad ones for sure and so I appreciate you uh, calling me up and uh, let me chat with the fans and yourself. And uh, Greg knows I'm available anytime. Thank you. Thank you so much. And uh, we've been uh, privileged to have Jeff Bodine on with us this morning and uh, talking about his career. And I'm a great guy, Greg, and I appreciate you getting him on. Oh, he's fantastic. We're going to take a break right now and come back for our final segment. You're listening to Fox Sports Spartanburg. Like to be up a little later than the missus? Yeah, me too. Hey, you love sports and so do we. So much so that we decided to keep it going locally till well past midnight. And wouldn't you know it, the suits have elected me, KB, as the mayor of late nights here in the Sparkle City. Stay up late with me, KB, weeknights at 11, only on Fox Sports 1400. Now on FM at 98.3. Selecting a financial advisor to entrust your hard-earned assets is one of the most important decisions you will ever make. Jenny Montgomery Scott has more than 185 years of experience, tracing its roots to 1832. Jenny's boutique size allows it to remain agile, meeting the demands of turbulent market cycles while addressing the needs of its clients. Trent Lancaster in the Spartanburg office of Jenny Montgomery Scott sets the bar high, providing superior advice, expertise, and support through every stage of your life and finances. As a firm, Jenny's regional size offers the advantages of scale, allowing for close client relationships with personalized advice and planning. Call Trent today to discuss your estate planning needs at 864-585-8282. That's 585-8282 or visit TrentLancaster.com. Jenny Montgomery Scott, LLC, member FINRA, NYSE, and SIPC. Speedy Lube in Inman says to save time is to lengthen life for you and your car. Let Speedy Lube, Asheville Highway in Inman, lengthen the life and performance of your vehicle. Speedy Lube offers professional ASC certified mechanical service for your car. Be it an oil change, AC work, tires, brakes, front end, or any type of major or minor repair. Trust Speedy Lube in Inman. Open weekdays from 8 till 6. For fast, fair, and friendly service, visit Speedy Lube, Asheville Highway in Inman. Here comes lunchtime. Do you know that unlike some barbecue places, Bubba's Barbecue and Bash has ribs for lunch every day. Bubba's also has great burgers, pulled pork, calabash chicken, all of your favorite sides, and some of the best sauce around. Top it off with Bubba's famous banana pudding or a slice of pecan pie for dessert, and you'll make Bubba's your barbecue home. Bubba's Barbecue and Bash, 827 West Blackstock Road, just a half mile from Westgate Mall. Have lunch at Bubba's today. Start Your Engines will be back after this quick pit stop on Fox Sports 1498.3 FM. 
If you're in the market for a job in manufacturing or distribution, or you run a business and are in need of employees in fields ranging from small-scale construction to large mechanical contracting to manufacturing, packaging, and warehousing, then let CRS help. CRS has been a reliable bridge that runs in both directions for employers and job seekers. Get your next great search started today. Call CRS at 336-2405, stop by 337 Spartan Green Boulevard in Duncan, or online at crshighright.com. We spend a lot of time in our cars, so make that time well spent with the help from Elite Audio. Elite Audio on Asheville Highway can upgrade your sound system, add a navigation system, customize your interior, and does custom tires and wheels. And check this out. Elite Audio offers 90 days same as cash with no credit check. All you need is an active checking account and proof of appointment. Visit EliteAudioOnline.com or drop by 1504 Asheville Highway in Spartanburg. At Elite Audio, you dream it, we build it. Charlie Green. Charlie Granger's world-famous hot dogs, brisket, and barbecue is now open in Greer. Charlie Granger's offers the upstate 19 different types of gourmet hot dogs, ranging from the traditional to the adventurous, all served with the freshest ingredients. Charlie Granger's mouth-watering beef brisket brings out the best possible flavor in every bite. Charlie Granger's features quality service and a fun atmosphere. Open Monday through Saturday for lunch and dinner, and Sundays from 11 to 2, located on Highway 14 in Greer. Want to text the show? Download our app to use the Elite Audio text line. Search Fox Sports 1400 either at the Apple Store or via Google Play now. Nelson Crozier is trackside and ready to go. What's going on at this week's big race? Let's go live to Nelson now. And for our final segment, we bring in Nelson Crozier, and I don't think you're trackside this week unless you're at some place uh, I'm not aware of, Nelson. No, I'm not. Uh, however, uh, just uh, a clarification, uh, tonight and tomorrow we've got the uh, trick race and the Xfinity race at Iowa. Oh, is that this weekend? That's this weekend, right? Oh, well... We got something to watch. <laughs> <laughs> we got something to watch besides soccer and college baseball. Well, I, you know, I, I'm glad you pointed that out, and I, I, I sit in correction here that uh, we do have uh, racing and the Xfinity races. Are they both today or tomorrow? Uh, no, uh, the truck race should be tonight. Uh, yes, truck race is tonight at 7 p.m. Eastern. And uh, the Xfinity race is tomorrow at 5 p.m. Eastern. Okay, well, there you go. Something to watch. Uh, Absolutely. Late in the afternoon. Well, Nelson, what happened at uh, Michigan? I was looking here at uh, my dope sheet because I'm a dope. And, uh, oh, we had two things. We had lots of ducks, and we had uh, an ark float by. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and three um, – Toyotas that didn't pass inspection, all from the Joe Gibbs stable. What uh, what's going on there? And did any any fines come down? Uh, I didn't see the fine yet, but uh, they said there was definitely going to be a fine. Uh, the front splitters were at an angle; they weren't uh, horizontal to the uh, ground, uh, which was in violation of the rules. Well, that would be serving almost like a front spoiler, right? Well, Nelson, am I the only one that gets tired of, of hearing somebody failing inspection for something minor every week? No. Uh, you know, the race fans are fed up with it uh, because they don't understand. They don't know why their guy you know, got penalized and somebody else uh, didn't. You know, uh, 
Joe Gibbs is adamant that they don't see, uh, but they sure get caught with a lot of infractions. So, you know, whether Joe's uh, aware of what's going on or, you know, not, you know, everybody's pushing the envelope. NASCAR gives you, the tolerances are close. NASCAR gives you, uh, you know, plus or minus on the tolerance. But people uh, are just going over that a little bit. Uh, and my biggest feeling on all of it, uh, number one, the temperature affects tolerances. Uh, a piece of Tegris, which they make the front splitter of, if you had a piece 20 feet long, and uh, first thing in the morning at 40 degrees you measure it, and then it's sitting out in the sun at 140, it's going to expand over a half inch in length. Wow. That's a lot. And, you know, when they're talking about thousands and you're talking about 500,000, uh, that's a tremendous amount. I could say, Nelson, I think we talked about this last week or the week before last. Uh, I know even when the tolerance started, almost was at zero, you'd have the templates just right when you left shopping, loading, unloading the car, they'd, they'd be off. So, I mean, you know. Well, it, it, I know of uh, numerous instances where somebody just brought a car over to the R&D center to get the inspection done. Car didn't pass. They put it back on the trailer. Drove it around for a half hour, mm. forty-five minutes. Came back and it passed. That's amazing. Well, let me. I, I got a couple of questions that I've I've got for you that sort of been on the back burner this, this year that have sort of accumulated. And one of them, uh, I'll go back to Formula One, which you're you're very uh, knowledgeable about. Now, is this not the first year that they've had that halo? type thing over the driver's head that uh i I think the purpose of that is to keep tires and wheels and body parts out of the cockpit yeah what do you think about that because that's uh that's quite an innovation uh, it's a safety feature and i think it's very important a lot of the drivers do not like it but uh you know if it saves one life over 10 years it's more than worth it yeah well, I notice it gives them a good place to stand when they get out of the car. Oh, most definitely. And uh, another thing that I noticed, that, now this is on the, the Indy cars, is in past years they had that, uh, it's like a, a pod at the rear end of the car, like behind the wheel, behind the rear wheels and, and under the wing, and that's gone um, this year, which actually makes, I think, for a much better looking race car, and it looks more like a traditional indie car with uh with the the wheels being uh exposed back there the tires you know uh all racing series are constantly trying to improve uh the safety the raceability and the fan appeal of the cars some of the things that they try whether it be formula one indie car or nascar uh there might be a great innovation but nobody likes it so then they have to tailor it to, you know, where people or, you know, drivers and fans, you know, like a little bit better. But, you know, if you stagnate and don't do anything, uh, you're not going to go anywhere. You have to constantly, you know, be trying for improvements, uh, innovations to make things better. Now, with the rapid, uh, you know, accelerated curve with electronics, uh, this has caused a lot of problems. Because, you know, you come up with something that's not in the rule book. It doesn't say you can't do it. You do it. Uh, then all of a sudden, the sanctioning body has to scramble to try to come up uh, with a rule, you know, to prohibit it or to regulate it or to, 
you know, outright ban it. Uh, so, you know, that's technology throughout our life. There's so much going on now, autonomous cars on the street. Uh, you know, where they want to get rid of the driver and just, you know, have the car drive itself. But there are a lot of ramifications. Uh, they even have psychologists working on the software now. Uh, one example uh, is you're, you're driving down a road next to a river, and there, there's a cliff on the other side, you know, going up. There's a little lane-and-a-half road coming down at the stop sign. Six people come down that road, don't stop for the stop sign. You're in a car, just you, driving along, uh, being driven, uh, you know, automatically. Uh, the computer says, oh, if I hit that car, I'm going to kill six people. There's only one person in this car. I'm going to put him in the river. So they sacrifice you, who is, uh, your car's in the right, to save the other six people. So, you know, not only do you have uh, the electronics end of it, you have the psychological end of it, and then you have, okay, why is this technology not working? Uh, you have a highway construction job where they re, uh, you know, reline the roads and they cover the old lines uh, you know, uh, with black tar or whatever. Well, certain angles of the sun uh, will hit that black tar, and that's what the car thinks it's supposed to go by rather than the new uh, yellow or white lines. Uh, you know, there are so many what-ifs that you've you got to figure into the equation. And the cameras can get tricked. The radar sensors can get tricked. Uh, same thing with anything they try on the race car. You know, with this laser technology uh, inspection station. Uh, some of the teams are finding out that you can play tricks with the paint to confuse the uh, confuse the laser. So, you know, it's a never-ending battle. I, I tell you what's never-ending is the things you come up with when we have these segments uh, that would have never crossed my mind i mean that the, the psychological part of the the, the, the autonomous car i mean that's that's off the chart <laughs> i mean how could you come up with something like that i told you he's the one that i mean i, I was just a dummy uh people like nelson mainly nelson got me up to speed and everything makes me look like i'm smart and i'm not well i mean nelson that, is. that was uh I tell you what, that's something to think about. That uh, the the brain of the car would think about sacrificing one to save six. I mean, <laughs> that's just that's that's unbelievable. Now, well, so, to put, put it in perspective, when you buy a car, that's the most expensive computer you'll ever buy. That makes sense. I'd never thought of it like that. I can see I knew and and then I looked over the manual. Me and my wife had these things just to focus uh, uh, ice back. Bears in it. I mean, we're just now figuring out how to drive it. I looked at the manual on the, on, on the internet and all the different things, and I was more confused. <laughs> after you know what I'm saying? Is this where Nelson can do that in his sleep, <laughs> or, or or you know, it's uh, it's a challenge. It's a challenge for me. Here's the one that I picked up on this morning, Nelson. You may, you may have a thought on this, and, and then we'll let you go. But you can you can run with this for a couple of minutes. Today is the uh, 115th birthday of the Ford Motor Company, which was founded on this date in 1903. So, uh, cool. uh, Nelson, you and Greg being Ford people, and of course I drive one, and Ronnie's got one. So we're all we're all kind of Ford people. Let's uh, 
pretty big anniversary for Ford Motor Company, and uh, I mean, and uh, riding in Greg's new Focus out there, it's uh, the technology is amazing. Well, you, if you ever get up in the uh, Detroit area, the number one thing you've got to do is go to the Henry Ford Museum. I agree. Ernie Ellett said that he went to that years ago, maybe 20 years ago, and he said he learned more going through that museum, seeing the people that innovated so many things. He said that helped him a lot. Well, Greg, you know, you'd appreciate it because the Wood Brothers car that they won Daytona with was there. So it was all the confetti and everything, and champagne on the car, just like it came from Victory Lane. That's cool. Uh, but right now, uh, they've got two General Motors cars in there that are of note. They've got the Firebird and the Firebird 1 from back in 50 and I believe 56, you know. Right. Very uh, futuristic cars that look more like a rocket ship. Is that the one that's on the Clay Earl Trophy? Uh, I believe that is correct. Yeah, um, for the Daytona 500. Well, Nelson, it's, uh, I tell you what, you you always open our eyes on this show, and uh, I hope you, uh, I, I appreciate you just for bringing pointing out the fact that we got some racing to watch this weekend i was i dropped the ball on that one i thought everybody was off this weekend but uh we could we could have bet on that yeah <laughs> we, well uh, the, the thing that confused a lot of people uh the moving father's day up to this weekend you know right like, okay father's day the only race we had was michigan right well since they moved it up or you know to this date from last week uh you figure oh, well michigan's last week there's nothing uh going on this week but yes there is so, uh, you know, everybody's got these two races to look forward to, and then you've got to uh, look forward to Sonoma next week. Which is where Bud Moore got his last win, and we just had Jeff Bodine on the show, so we talked a little bit about that. But, Nelson, you have a good Father's Day, and uh, we look forward to talking to you next week. Okay, sounds good. That's Nelson Crozier, who I tell you what, I say it every week and I'll say it again, there's nobody... That I would that no. I wouldn't put up against Nelson Crozier in any subject, <laughs> just about any subject. I mean that that blows my mind about the 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 driverless cars. Uh, I ain't thought about making decisions like that, but I, <sighs> I guess you would. You, yeah. If can you imagine? This is what I I can't imagine. Can you imagine Bud Moore sitting in a car and he ain't able to hold a steering wheel? <laughs> if if Daddy was still around. He, he 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 could stand it. Before long, we're going to have to get ready for Skynet. You know, that's the system that took over the world in Terminator. Oh, okay. Well, I'm a uh, or Colossus I'm a and Guardian on the Forbin project. Yes. Okay, y'all are way above, above my head here. So, uh, <laughs> but I tell you what, we've uh, we've got about half a year to go. We're coming up on Daytona. Yep. We coming up on the end of the boogity 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 era. Oh, by the way. I said something about which is the most famous words in racing, and I, Hannah said boogie boogie boogie. boogie, boogie, boogie. boogie. I said, "Well, you got me on that one." So uh, we appreciate you listening to Start Your Engines, and we will be back next week to talk about a whole slate of races. And um, Greg, Ronnie, y'all have a good Father's Day, and everybody else, keep it between the fences. You've been listening to Start Your Engines. 
Tune in each Saturday morning at 10 during the season for the very latest in auto racing news, interviews, and guests from around the sport. To find out more or order Perry Allen Woods books on motorsports, visit McFarlandBooks.com. Start Your Engines has been a presentation of Fox Sports Spartanburg, LLC.